You're listening to In Cahoots, a Mum Heart Australia podcast. I'm Lacey. And I'm Karina. And we're joining homeschool mums across the country, sharing our stories and encouraging each other, because everything's better when you do it with a friend. Hello and welcome to another episode of In Cahoots. Today, we have got a very lovely guest to introduce to you soon, but we've also got another change. I, Karina, am here with a different host. We have got the lovely Barb Somervale joining me today, who you've heard on our podcast previously and is very much involved in the mum heart. So hello, Barb, and welcome to our podcast as a host. Hi, Karina. It's good to be back. Yeah. On the other end of the microphone, in a way. <laughs> That's right. And our guest today is Joe Lloyd, who is a fascinating person. I've got to know a little bit and can't wait to share her a little bit more with you. So, hello, Joe. Hello. So, we like to start our episodes just by sharing a little bit about what we've been up to this week. Um, so, Barb, what have you been up to? Well, I had a wonderful start to the week by. Uh, I suppose you could call it a, an RDO or a self-declared national holiday because it was my birthday and I went sailing with my husband on the ocean, which is something I've always wanted to do, but we weren't in charge. We were just passengers on um, a catamaran. So that was very exciting and the best birthday present ever. How <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, and to go just just you and your husband went? That's right. Yep, with the skipper. Yeah, it was very special. I think experiences are great presents as you get older. You don't need any more stuff. That's right. Even when you're younger too, I'm sure for children, when we've given them experiences as Christmas presents and birthday presents, as tickets to a concert or something, they, have, they talk about that for years later. Yes. Yes, I took Daniel ziplining this year for his birthday and that was a wonderful memory to share together, that do, just doing an activity together. I, I agree. And Joe, tell us a little bit about your week so far. Well, we always knew for us that this month would be really busy and it has been extraordinarily full. So we've got karate meets, we've got piano exams, we've just got lots of different things happening. We had our registration meeting for homeschools. So there's been a lot of things. So I'm very glad that October is nearly over. And But one thing that I've been really enjoying, you two ladies know how much I love books, and there's a beautiful book by Maria von Trapp, and it's all about going through the liturgical year, and it's one to dip into and just get some ideas for different things you can have through the year, and it's, it's a great book. Wow. Okay, and written by Maria von Trapp herself. That's right. Fascinating. Just shows all of the different practices and ways that they would observe their Christian faith in their everyday life through the year. It's just beautiful. Okay, so lots of practical things you put into practice yourself? Well, not to the extent that they're very Catholic, very traditional, very Catholic, but just beautiful things that our church recognises in terms of the liturgical year and different saint days and feast days and particularly for us coming up to Advent that was really the reason why I was looking at it yeah um, but it's just it's just lovely you just see the rich childhood they had oh how beautiful we'll put a link to that book in our show notes because I think I'll be checking that one out myself <laughs> coming up to Christmas it sounds lovely Absolutely. You'll love it. You really will. And it's got recipes and music. You will love it, actually. Yeah, oh, good. 
and that's your your antidote to your. So do you listen October. to the sound of music soundtrack while you're reading it? Oh, maybe I should. I didn't, but I guess it always hums in the back in the back of your mind. But yes, so yeah, I think it's a really good antidote to when things are full because you've just realised that. Some parts of the year are far more full than others, but other parts will just be far more restful and it's mm. something to look forward to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Seasons right. and rhythms, that's good. What about you, Karina? What have you been up to? Well, I've had a little bit of a busy couple of weeks doing reporting for our school as well. So just that, you know, going through everything that they've done and writing it all down and not that it's a huge issue. I actually don't mind it that much. It's just the, it just does take time. Sorting out work samples and planning for next year, I'm still to get to that part of it. But yes, when you've got four students doing it this year and that's four lots of reports, it just multiplies everything and which multiplies the time taken. So that's been my focus the last couple of weeks actually and it's great because you do get to reflect on just how much they have learned but it is it is time consuming it's not hard but it's yes. time consuming that's right yeah so joe we're here to chat with you today tell us a little bit about yourself and your family well my husband and i we have three children and we live in new south wales we live in regional new south wales my husband was born in malaysia and grew up on christmas island and we met in Perth and moved over this side of the country after we'd been married for a little while. And that's about us, about me. My background is in law. I've also got uh, degrees in history and geography, English literature. So my, my degree is very much from a university background. I worked in law and in public service. And then when Joseph, our eldest, was just a little baby, I decided not to continue with my career that I'd really enjoyed. And I became a university lecturer part-time. And then years later, we started homeschooling him. So that's, mm. that's a little bit about um, who I am as me. What fills your soul? What do you do for yourself in this season now that you're in homeschooling? I love to read, I love to garden, I love to cook for people. I love to be with my friends, be outside, probably lots of things that many other mums who are listening, things that they enjoy as well. Yes. Do you know, I love that about you, Jo. You are so well-spoken, very educated, but also down to earth and homely. And you just, you're just like everyone else. You enjoy a bit of sewing. You enjoy just being home with your family and cooking and um, gardening and that's a lovely such a good mix and such a good balance well I think everyone's got those things things that they really like and things that they have enjoyed all their you know all through their life but things that you just at the end of the day you do like to pick up your sewing or your knitting or what you know whatever it is your paintbrush like beautiful barb you know there yeah. are things that we all just like to do and give yourself permission to so, do them in those times Joe, tell us a little bit about your family now and where, where do you live? You're not in Queensland, you're in... Um... Yeah, we're in regional New South Wales. Yes. So we're in the southern tablelands of New South Wales and so we've got three children and we would like some more rain but I don't think we're alone in that, that sentiment at the moment. What are the ages of your children? So I've got one who's nearly 14, one who's 11 and one who's 7. And you're not farmers, are you? So no, we're not. We live we live in a regional town, and yes. my husband works in a regional town as well. So how did you 
start homeschooling, have you homeschooled your children right from the beginning? And what were influences in making that decision for yourself? We have homeschooled right from the beginning. We were blessed in our hometown that we have, we had a number of homeschooling families before we'd even had children. And we got to see how they, how they parented and how their children grew up and how they were involved, how they fostered their skills and talents and interests. And where we are in our, and where we were in church and where we are, homeschooling was just another alternative. It wasn't considered to be so far out of the realm of ordinary compared to schools. There's a couple of schools here, but there were a number of families. There was sort of a, enough of a core of families that it was, it was another option. Our eldest son had quite a number of medical difficulties when he was a baby. They were detected when I was, was pregnant with him. And when he was just a matter of weeks old, I was in hospital with him and had Sally Clarkson's books in my hand. And they were put in my hand by women who had walked that homeschooling Christian mama journey to be an encouragement. And so I guess there's never, for me, it wasn't just one thing. We also had some issues of giftedness. Education was always something that was important in my family and also in my husband's family. And for just a lot of different reasons, it was the right choice for us. And it's not always easy. There are some really hard, hard times, but it has been the best choice for us. I think, Joe, you have a wonderful balance of a sense of excellence in academic work, but you also, um, from what you described about your October, you do cultivate extra interests in your children's lives as well as your own, which I really love. You, um, they're interested in music and karate, that such an interesting variety there. No boxes, you're busting no, all the boxes. No, and it's, it's very much looking at the child that's in front of you and, what will help them to develop skills that they may not have developed as strongly as would benefit them in the future, but also things that they're interested, just things that they're interested in and things that you think that they might enjoy, even though they haven't even considered it as well too. Do you find your three children all very different in their interests or do you do things more as a family group, thinking extracurricular, but also education? How, or are they all very different? Well, two are quite similar and one is a little bit different, but there are some certain things that we all just enjoy as a family. So that's really just fostered our family culture, if you like. So both in, in terms of education and also in terms of just who we are as a family. And that I think that reflects both my background and my interests and also Cliff, my husband's background and interests. So there are definitely some things that we all just love together. But particularly as they get into their teen years, there are certain things that you really want. You see the skills that they have and there are certain things you want to encourage them to just go with in terms of the, the special gifts and talents that they've been blessed with. What sort of things do you love to do together as a family? Oh, being outside. We love to go bushwalking. We, we do do nature study all together as well. But being outside is generally a, a big winner. My husband's a very keen stargazer. So being outside is not just during the day either. That's wonderful. 
Absolutely. So he used to tag turtles up in the Mirren Islands and in WA. So that would be one thing that he would really like to do with them when they're a little bit older to go and go and check out all of these places he's done science expeditions with in Queensland, in WA as well too. So yeah, very much outdoorsy, but also just things around the house, things together in church as well, the way that we serve in church. So I think it's seeing what your family is and encouraging that as your family identity. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's lots of variety and just running with that and having the freedom to be yourselves and sharing those interests together, that sense of unity and yet diversity. Absolutely. Well, so for one of our children, he's very keen on studying Latin. I've, I've introduced Latin with all of them since they're in kindergarten, but one in particular, the eldest son, he wanted to pursue it even more. So this last summer, we did a Latin summer school and he was too young to go on his own. So I went with him and we went to the uni together. My mum came up and looked after the other two. And it was just one of those just one of those family things that that was something that we enjoyed, we could do together. It was such a blessing to be there alongside your budding teen as he has his first university experience. And it was, it was beautiful watching him navigate the trains and doing his assignments and going to lectures and tutorials. But I think every family has the equivalent of those things that they enjoy, whether it's sailing, whether it's music, whether it, whatever it is, it's finding those things that they, that they want to do and that you can do together as well. Yeah, I like that approach of doing it together, sometimes changing your interests to match the interests of your children at their stages too, to be prepared to journey alongside them with their interests. And it does make a big difference in relationships, but also in the learning, I'm sure, when they know they can discuss it with you and you are genuinely interested in what they are interested in. Absolutely. And when you have to stretch as well too. So, you know, having to do your homework at Latin school in the middle of summer, when he saw me having to sit there and work as hard as he did, that <laughs> that's good modelling of this yes. is what it looks like to work hard together. Yes. Yeah, and how often do we just send the, set the tasks and the assignments for our children and say, off you go, I'll go and, you know, we're busy, cook the meal and do the washings. But they don't necessarily see that as us doing what they've got to do or experiencing the same as them. That's a good point. You and Joe were a speaker at our Victoria Mumheart retreat um, just this year in 2019, which we will have audios available um, soon, hopefully on our website. But you made a comment at that conference that was, you don't leave your brain at the door when you begin homeschooling. And I've dwelled on that ever since. So expand on this. And how have you done this? And what caused you to kind of think that way of how homeschooling really does stretch our brain too? Well, before we came to homeschooling, as I said, I had a career that I really enjoyed. And when I then said I was giving it up to go into motherhood and then to go into homeschooling, the presumption was because of, I think, misconceptions and stereotypes that people thought, oh, well, you're just going to leave your brain there. You're just going to become a mum who does nothing and she'll, you know, you'll wither away if you choose to do homeschooling. So one, that's simply not true because I don't know anyone who can leave their brain at the door and do homeschooling. But it was also very much tongue-in-cheek but 
to provoke mums to realise how much you contribute to your families and how much you do learn and how much you do stretch, whether or not it's learning how to do algebra all over again or whether or not it's learning to you know, going to Latin school or learning a new skill to support your child. It's very much that idea of embracing embracing all of the aspects of learning. And I don't just mean academic learning either. So you're taking your brain no matter what you're, no matter what you're doing. The way that we seek to implement bringing our brains is that we, we do look at the child and the children in front of us. We do look at the things that we would like to foster. We look at the things that they find hard. And then we, we try to put things in front of them that will encourage them. So we're very much... Charlotte Mason inspired so lots of books and perhaps choosing books that might challenge them I have no problems with asking my child to finish a book even if they're not enjoying it or mm -hmm. it's something they wouldn't have picked I know that's not always popular but that that for us you know when I did English literature at uni I didn't like most of the books we had to study for some of the courses but I still learned from them and I think modeling Modelling that is important for our children and too. Through that, you're meaning not something that's inappropriate or outside of their ability. It might be stretching them, but not too far outside. It's just more not to their tastes or a little bit challenging. Well, that's a good thing absolutely. for the experience. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not suggesting that you should give them something that's not suitable, but sometimes I think it's important to try and stretch them. Find a genre or an author that they may not have picked. I don't know about you, but when it's time for me to go to the library, I know the places, the sections of the library that I like to haunt, and they're my favourites. And it can be hard to then sort of stretch yourself to get out of that comfort zone. And I think that's the same for our children as well. So that's definitely one way that we've encouraged our children not to leave your brain at the door. Yeah. Um, and we try to learn alongside them as well, too. I think that's I think that's an important part. And I think it's something that mums can really enjoy doing with their children as well. Mm. I, I I'd like to pick up on something you said there about learning to persevere with a book that you may not particularly enjoy, but you've learnt something from it. Can you tell me what that experience has been like for you personally? Not, not just um, sticking with things that you enjoy, but I think reading a wide variety of literature, non-fiction and fiction, it could include biographies. How, how does that experience really enrich and deepen us as people, do you think? I think it means that you can draw on time periods and places and experiences that you yourself may not have even considered or you may not have been able to experience. So if you can't go somewhere and you're interested in that place, then definitely you can read about it before you get to visit it. Obviously, we can't travel back in time, but we can read some great books that are based on a different time period. And it can be confronting because I think sometimes you realise that things that you may have just assumed were a part of that time period may not have been, or you, you learn to take you've learned that you've taken some things for granted as well too. So it's quite a simple way, but it's quite profound at the same time. Yeah, and reading books that don't gloss over the, the hard bits and only show the 
pretty bits of various time periods. Obviously, there's appropriateness for various ages, but some really good books actually show the realities of life, even if it's confronting and not what we want to see of various time periods. Absolutely. And that's where putting a good book in someone's hand can really make the difference as well too. Yeah. So what about yourself personally? Obviously, you have put an emphasis on journeying alongside your children and learning alongside them, putting yourself in situations like you mentioned your Latin classes. Have you kept up with furthering your own education or reading widely in your own interests? It was tricky for me because I was pursuing postgraduate studies. Like I was studying my PhD when I had two little babies. And that's hard. That's really hard. And you also, well, one, you realise that there's very few, for me, there were very few other women who were homeschooling, had young children and were doing a PhD. That was definitely new ground. Um, and then trying to explain that to your supervisors, that was even more bizarre. Um, but I, I think there's so many ways we can continue our own, our own learning, whether or not it's picking up a book that we might not have chosen or it's learning another language or learning about how to grow a different sort of plant in the garden that we haven't tried yet. There's lots of different ways we can do it. And I, I think it's tricky when someone, or, you know, sometimes it gets perceived of it's just being an academic thing. Well, if we're not all learning French, then you're not continuing your professional development. And there's so many things mums can learn to do. Like if you haven't learned how to make sourdough bread, but you're interested in it, that's, that's professional development. Yes. I was talking to a, a, a friend of my son's actually, the mother of a friend of my son's. Have I got that right? Um, anyway, and she chooses something every year and asks for a gift for her birthday if she needs any equipment relevant. So one year was learning sourdough and some, you know, her family members gave her a sourdough recipe book and whatever equipment she needed. And this year she was saying her request is to learn the banjo. So she requested a banjo for her birthday. And that's her way of really focusing this coming year, I'm going to focus on whatever it might be for the year. I thought that was a great idea to really just have one major focus for a year. Yeah, that's brilliant. And then it's easier for time management as well, too. You can schedule that. That's yeah. brilliant. That's right. Yes. Oh, I thought that was great. So have you continued working while homeschooling? And how have you juggled that aspect of your life? I have. I have. I I can't always recommend it because it's not an easy road, but it has worked for me, but it does require that you're very organised. So for the first, yeah, for the first 12 years of Joseph's life, I was part-time working at the university. So it's not, it's not easy. There are some tips and tricks that you learn along the way, like an academic year has certain peaks and troughs, so you can plan things out, you know when to expect if assignments will be passed in. You can, there's certain things, you know, just like in your own school year, you know, so you can map that out. But you do have to be organised and you do have to realise what you'll say yes and no to. I had run a consultancy business beforehand, so I knew what it would be like to work in a different way other than the public service. And I had been at university for studying and work before. But that with small children and looking after your husband and doing any of the other things you like to do, it's not easy. 
um, it, it's, as I say, it's not, it's not for everyone. For me, it has worked well. Yes, though, it does mean that you've had to miss out on some things and there have been some things when other people have gotten to enjoy those that I haven't. Um, but it was important for me. It was something that has made, it makes me who I, who I am. And so Cliff and I have made it work. And yeah, as I say, there's tips and tricks. And it's finding out what works for your family and different seasons of family, different aspects of that is going to work easier and harder, I guess, too. Absolutely. So it came to a certain point that my work with your university was changing and I opted not to continue. It was just not going to work as well. So, But sometimes saying no is a good thing as well too. So it was great. I really enjoyed it. I think it was a good outcome for me and for my family. But then it was time to say no. And that's okay, mums, you can say no too. Mm, good lesson to learn. Really. I like the way you, um, you made those choices with your husband's support and involvement as well. It's a team effort for many of us to continue homeschooling for the long haul and work out what's best for our family um, as a whole and how we all make that happen. Tell us more about how that worked when you needed to go to different events as part of your work or um, assignments or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. Because it's a whole gamut as well too. You might have a postgraduate student that needs to meet you or you might need to be there for a tutorial or a lecture or whatever. So there, it is. It's a whole lot of different things. So we both tried... Let me remember, when we first started, Cliff used to work from home for some of it and he's been able to do that. Um, other times I would get up really early in the morning before anybody else was up and that's when I would do my work. And I still do that now. I still get up and work right from the beginning. Um, that works really well, but that means you have to have an earlier night. Well, for me, I have to have an earlier night if I need to be able to get up in the morning. Also having friends who are going through something similar. Um, I was very lucky to know just a couple of other ladies who were also trying to balance work and family and we could look out for each other. So that just that thing of, well, I'll take your children while you go to here, you take mine while I go to here. And those friendships are very precious because those mums also know exactly what you're going through. Um, for me, it's also been sometimes family have been able to help, but it was very much a decision of Cliff and I sitting down and saying, okay, well, What's your month looking like? What's, what's going to work here? What can we do for that? What can we do for this? And, and making sure that, that what was represented was reflective of his needs and my needs and what the family needs were. And it's mapping it out. It really is the difference between having a, a good planner and not using a good planner. Sometimes it's as, as useful as just picking up your calendar. And real team effort that keeps coming through, just how much it is a, a family affair, you and your husband working together for the needs of you, not only individually, but family as well, keeping that. Absolutely. And that's the case with so many mums. You know, even mm. if you're not working, it's what commitments you have or volunteering and it's having that plan of what are we eating for the week? Who's doing the grocery shopping? What, it's all, who's taking this child to this event? It's all those sorts of things that you just have to be on the same page and then it's, it's efficient then and things get done and shoes don't get left at home when you need to take them to athletics. <laughs> exactly. Important things in life. Absolutely. Yes. Do you have any lessons you've learned along the way that you'd like to share that might be helpful to some of our guests listening? 
I think the most important one for me is that it's okay to say no when you're done with something. I loved the work I did with the university. It was something I always wanted to do. And then when I just knew it was time, it wasn't in our calling. And it was quite easy for me to say no, but people around me in the same way when I, I gave up my full-time professional work, people around me were not so supportive. So it is okay to say no if there's something you need to say no to. And sometimes you just need to not listen to some of the people who think they might have your best interests at heart. Just smile at them, but know that you need to do what God is asking you to do for that season. And I think the other part of that in saying no is that when you say no, it's not for forever. It might just be for a certain season, for a certain time. And also sometimes when you say no, you don't know what that means you can say yes to next. Mm. Yes, I've heard that often said that saying yes to something also means you're possibly saying no to something else. There's only so many, so much resources of time and effort and energy to go around. And so the flip side is also true. Saying no to something can open up your life to say yes to something else. So Joe, you are a book person. Do you have a book recommendation that you think every mum listening should read? I haven't prepped you on any of these questions. No, I, I, think, oh, I could probably think about 10 when Barb asked me about books before. It's like, oh, can I give you a dozen? <laughs> okay, we'll start listing them. <laughs> well, for me, I, can I cheat and look at my bookshelves behind me? You're allowed to. Oh, let that. <laughs> I think if someone hasn't read it at the very beginning, particularly if you're a new homeschooler, I think you need to read Seasons of a Homeschooling Mother's Heart. Oh, that's probably not, you know, the, the first book that Sally wrote. Yep, Seasons of a Mother's Heart. We'll, we'll link to it in the show notes. Beautiful. So I think if you haven't yet read that one, start there. That's really good. I really like Cindy Rollins's books as well. She's got some really good books about morning time and motherhood. She's got some very funny stories about her boys blowing up things, which, you know, if you have boys, that, that may or may not appeal. She shares the realities I, of life in the midst of it. <laughs> absolutely. She's quite real about it. I mm. quite like it. I quite like the Elaine Cooper book about when children love to learn. I think that's a really, it's a really good book because I think, Sometimes we can get stuck on methodologies or curriculum or what's new, the latest new shiny program that everybody else seems to be using. But actually, if we just think about how children do like to learn and can learn, I think that's a better start. Yes. And I could give you lots more, but I'll stop there. Well, that's a good start for people anyway. There's at least one there that I haven't read, so that's good. <laughs> always good to get new book well I'm not sure if it is always good but there's always yeah, no because then you have to carry the book of the book lists and it's like oh there's so many there's not enough time to read them all <laughs> exactly so it's about time to wrap up here but Joe, where can people find you online if they'd like to get to know you a bit more online well I'm not very good with things online but I, I do occasionally, very occasionally, get onto Instagram, so you can find me there. Well, it's been so good talking to you today, Joe. Thanks for joining us, giving your time to share and encourage the other listeners that are out there. Um, it's been such a pleasure having you as our guest. Well, Thanks, I think jo it's great what you guys do. It's just brilliant. There's so many mums out there 
just be able to listen to a podcast where you're going for a run or doing the ironing. So thank you for your time in doing it. Pleasure. Great. Well, have a great week. You too. It's been great having you join us today. Whether you've been doing the dishes, folding the laundry, or maybe even getting some exercise. Thanks for sharing this time with us. To find us online, you can search for Mum Heart Australia for our website, our Facebook or Instagram. Feel free to leave us any questions or comments. And maybe you could share this episode with a friend if you think that they might be encouraged by it. Thanks for being in cahoots with us today.